Coming up on today's show, now the Lockdown Bearcats has been launched, I will give you my thoughts on the Bearcats' upcoming college football playoff matchup with Alabama and analyze if Alabama is Cincinnati's best opponent in the college football playoff. And because it's Tuesday, it's the first edition of Tuesday Top 10. Thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. I'm Alex Frank, welcoming you to today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats. I'm using my experiences from my days as sports director of the University of Cincinnati's Bearcast Media, where I was a commentator for Bearcats football and men's basketball, and a host of several live shows and podcasts in our radio and TV studios at Bearcast Media that were on the Bearcats and using my connections with those in the athletic department and those who cover the team professionally and bringing all of those experiences to this podcast. Friendly reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. ESPN will be airing both college football playoff semifinal games next Friday. We are just 11 days away from the college football playoff, a historic game Coming up for the Bearcats as they take on Alabama in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. The Bearcats, the first ever group of five team to make the college football playoff. It's historic. It's also 12 years in the making. You go back to 2009, and 2009 was, as Bill Cook titled his book, what the top felt like. The Bearcats were their highest ranking ever, number three, going into their Sugar Bowl matchup with Florida. But if you remember, if you remember, the Bearcats nearly got to play in the national championship, and they should have, you could argue. If you remember, the Bearcats beat Pitt, that historic game, Pike to Benz, which has been now placed on a bobblehead. It's immortalized in you see football history, really you see athletics history overall. So the Bearcats took care of business at Pitt. Texas then had to lose to Nebraska in the Big 12 championship, which nearly happened. The clock expired. Texas was going to lose by 2, 12 to 10. But then a clock review happened. And it was determined that Cole McCoy, Texas's quarterback at the time, threw the ball out of bounds. The clock hit one second, was still at one second after the ball hit out of bounds. Texas got to kick a game-winning field goal, barely inside the upright, the left upright. Texas won the game. They went on to the national championship to play Alabama. Cincinnati came that close to getting to play in that national championship game. But now, 12 years later, the Bearcats get their matchup with Alabama in the college football playoff. And as Luke Robinson from Lockdown Bama and I talked about last week, this is an exclusive playoff. This is exclusivity we're talking about here. This is a four-team playoff that has been very exclusive to just a few handful of teams around the country. Your Alabamas, your Clemsons, your Ohio States. You've occasionally had some new blood in there, like an Oregon, like a Washington, like a Michigan State. Notre Dame's been there twice. Georgia's been there once. But this year you have two teams in Cincinnati being one of them and Michigan being the other that are new to the college football playoff. And you go back to 2009 and there have been 
comparisons made between this year's Bearcats team and that team in 2009, I would argue this team is better. I would argue that this team is more dominant. The statistics back that up. You go back and you can compare it with points per game and rushing yards, passing yards, total offense, total defense. So 2009, Cincinnati, very good team, 38.6 points per game. They only allowed 23.1 points per game. But you go to this year, and you see that Cincinnati is averaging 39.1 points per game, or two points per game, excuse me, and 16.1 points they're allowing. They are more dominant this year. They had a lot of close calls. You remember that close call with UConn, 47-45, and of course the Pitt game. Every game the Bearcats have played this season, but two have been blowouts. Notre Dame was close. Tulane maybe was closer than you would have liked. Maybe USF was too. But the Bearcats have blown teams out. And they're better defensively this year. Certainly. They have two All-American cornerbacks. And a defensive end is going to go, I would think, at least in the middle rounds of the NFL draft come this, or next spring, I should say. Defensively, Cincinnati in 2009 allowed 230 yards passing, 143 yards rushing, 374 yards total. This Bearcats defense is allowing just 167 yards passing, 137 yards rushing, barely over 300 yards a game. The statistics back it up that this defense is better, and we knew coming into this season that they had the opportunity to do so. And it's not just that side of the ball, but you see on both sides, the years of recruiting, scheduling Power 5 opponents, including Notre Dame, you know, punching well above their weight class. They, they, they embraced the group of five and the challenges that come with being a group of five school. You don't have all of the luxuries and amenities that a Power 5 school has. That's just the way it is. Do I like it? Do you like it? No. But that's just the way it is. But this team... It took years and years of building, and now here they are. It's not just 12 years in the making of this matchup. It's what happened after that 2009 season where they had some good years with Butch Jones, and I'm going to say it, and I know you're going to disagree with me, and I know you're going to give me eye rolls. They did win a conference championship under Tommy Tuberville. They went to three bowl games under him. Then they, you know, at the end of the Tuberville era, which we all know wasn't very good, dipped into college football irrelevancy, and... Being a group of five school and being in college football irrelevancy, double whammy. And they dug themselves out of it, and they, you know, all this talk of should UCF get an opportunity to play in the playoff, you know, before that it was TCU went undefeated two straight years, it was Boise State in 2007, back in the BCS, should they get to play for a national championship? Bearcats fans should be thankful that those two teams, or I'm sorry, those four teams, Three teams, however many, four. Two TCUs, Boise State, and UCF. And you go back to Tulane in 1998, they should be thankful, Bearcats fans. You should be thankful those teams laid the groundwork that, yes, it is possible for a group of five team to make the college football playoff. Especially in this year where so much chaos has happened, week in and week out, top teams are losing. And the Bearcats just every single week went out and did what they had to do, win. Sometimes it was with style points, sometimes it wasn't, but it was enough. And now, because the Bearcats have gotten to the college football playoff, 
It has made me, which is I've always been a bigger basketball fan in, in college than a college football fan, because in college basketball, every team gets a shot, regardless of your record, because there's conference tournaments. And the winners of the conference tournaments get automatic bids to the NCAA tournament. Every team has a chance. The NCAA tournament loves mid-majors pulling upsets. Small schools pulling upsets. Cincinnati's by no means a small school, but they do get mid-major attached to them. But now that Cincinnati has proven that in college football, that has been driven by blue blood schools, that yes, group of five teams can make the college football playoff, I'm now a college football fan, and college football's fun. Rivalries, traditions, the pageantry, the passion of the student body, the fan bases, the history. That's what college football is all about. And now the Bearcats get to be a part of what is, as Luke Robinson and I alluded to in our crossover, an exclusive club that is the college football playoff. Now, I know what you're thinking. Alabama, we all know. Who they are, they're the gold standard of modern-day college football. But they just might be the best opponent for Cincinnati. I'll analyze that coming up next here on Lockdown Bearcats. This is it, the putt to win the tournament if you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. It's the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. NetSuite has visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. You can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of businesses surveyed increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses are already using NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com locked. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. Man, I cannot wait to watch the Bearcats take the field in the Cotton Bowl against Alabama, the team that I have called many times the gold standard of modern-day college Football, six national championships in the last 12 years. They have been the number one seed in the college football playoff five times in the eight-year run so far of the college football playoff where there have only been four teams, Cincinnati now a part of that exclusive club. All right, so I know what you're thinking. Alabama, we all know the history that they have. We all know how good they are. We all know they're the cream of the crop. And that's why when I had someone say to me the day before Selection Sunday and after Selection Sunday, they think Alabama is the best opponent for Cincinnati. And at first I'm like, really? It's Alabama. 
Because leading up to Selection Sunday, I was hoping the Bearcats would get either A, a rematch with Georgia, which there was a tremendous article in The Athletic. If you don't read The Athletic, you should. It is phenomenal sports journalism. There was an article there written by Bearcats beat writer Justin Williams and Georgia beat writer Seth Emerson, both talking about how last year's Peach Bowl between the Bearcats and Georgia was maybe going to pave the way for a rematch, which we don't normally see that in college football from one year to the next. We did with Clemson and Alabama, and it was extremely unique when those two teams played in back-to-back -back national championships. And it was special. We didn't get that with UC and Georgia. I would have loved if UC played Georgia, A, for the rematch, because I still think the Bearcats should have won that game last year, and B, because I think the Bearcats could play with Georgia. And Georgia was a team most of this year that was viewed as far and away the number one team in the country. And then Alabama just smacks them in the SEC championship. And it was that game that made me fear that, oh gosh, the Bearcats are going to play Alabama in the college football playoff. Unless Michigan did something extraordinary in the Big Ten Championship. Because the way it works is, Alabama beat the number one team in the country by 17. Of course, they were, of course they're going to move up from 3-1. to one. Michigan, despite beating Iowa 42-3, let's be honest... And I'm sure you can agree with me. The committee, the college football playoff committee, will always give the SEC the benefit of the doubt. They will give them more love, more respect, whatever it is. More whatever than the Big Ten. Even though Michigan's pretty damn good. I would have loved if UC played Michigan. I think UC can beat Michigan. Does Michigan really strike fear in you? Yes, they are the hottest team in the country right now, in my opinion. They have looked phenomenal the la their last three games. Dominant win over Maryland, dominant win over Ohio State, and then absolutely dominant win over Iowa. Their run game is unbelievably good. But do you fear them? They only have... Here's what it is about Michigan that I don't fear. If you can stop their run game, Michigan only has two players... Over 30 receptions this season, over 400 yards, and just three with three or more touchdowns. They're not a passing team. Now, that could be that could play against the Bearcats. We've seen teams run the ball very well against them. Navy and Tulsa come to mind. But still, I don't fear Michigan. I, I, I given that that would have probably probably been a battle in the trenches, I would have taken Cincinnati. So the Bearcats drew Alabama. But this is not your typically dominant Alabama team. You look back over the years and you look at some of the stats from particularly Alabama's running backs. And you see that guys like Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy, Derrick Henry, who was just phenomenal in 2015. Over 2,000 yards rushing that season. Najee Harris... You know, they all had anywhere from 1,400, 1,500 yards to over 2,000 yards rushing. They were dominant running backs. Look at Alabama's running back numbers from this year. They're leading, Alabama's leading rusher. Alabama's leading rusher 
Brian Robinson Jr. has 1,071 yards. Their next closest leading rusher is Roy Dale Williams. He has just 284. This is not your typical Alabama team. They like to throw the ball. Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner, over 4,300 yards passing, 43 touchdowns, just four interceptions, completing 68% of his passes. He averages 333 yards passing per game. This Alabama team wants to throw the ball. It's not your typical Alabama team. Alabama has evolved with the sport of college football. Spread offense, throw the ball 40 times a game. But UC can combat that. You saw them do it against Notre Dame. You've seen them do it against other teams that have tried to throw on them. But they're All-American cornerbacks in Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner. They're ready for this. And I talked with Luke Robinson about this. John Mechie, not playing in this game, I think it's astronomical. Consider, John Mechie has 96 receptions this season, which leads the team. The next closest Alabama receiver with 68 receptions is Jamison Williams. That's 28 receptions fewer than John Mechie. That is, like I said, that's astronomical. Bryce Young's go-to receiver is not there. And now you're going to be relying on guys like Slade Bolden, Brian Robinson Jr., Cameron Lateau, Billingsley, Treshawn Holden. These unproven receivers against a very experienced secondary in Cincinnati. So the more I think about it, Yes, it's Alabama. Yes, it's all the pageantry and the history that they have and the experience. This may not be Alabama's most experienced team. This may not be the best team that Nick Saban has had at Alabama. And that's why I've been talking myself into thinking that, yes, Cincinnati can win. And I'm going to say it right now. It would not shock me if Cincinnati won. This is not your traditional group of five team. A, because they're in the college football playoff, and B, as I heard Bucky Brooks say a few weeks ago, this Cincinnati team has some dudes. Dudes that you would normally see on Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, those teams. Cincinnati has those dudes in terms of size, in terms of height, in terms of just really good football players. Sauce Gardner's a first-round draft pick. MyJ Sanders is going to go high. Desmond Ritter might be a first-round draft pick. Jerome Ford. Former Crimson Tide running back. This is not your, you know, this is not a David versus Goliath. Yes, Alabama might be better. But Cincinnati is, has a better record. Cincinnati has more experience. And Alabama has tripped up in the college football playoff as the number one seed. They've only won the college football playoff one time as the number one seed. 2014, they tripped up against Ohio State, third string quarterback that Ohio State was playing with, Cardell Jones. 2016, they lost to Clemson. 2018, they got blown out by Clemson. So they Alabama's beatable. And given that Mechie's out, given their run game's not as dominant as it's been in recent years, and given the experience that UC is going to bring, I am talking myself into UC maybe winning this game. I'll continue that conversation next and get into the first edition of Tuesday Top 10.
And you know I've been talking about the Cotton Bowl throughout this entire episode. That's because bowl season is here, Bearcats fans. And we're hoping the Bearcats can shock the world and beat Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Now, I've been telling you about prize picks. And if you still haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? Because in addition to the college football action, prize picks makes college basketball more exciting. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. They offer more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of. Price picks offers any prop you can think of. For example, in basketball, you can play points, rebounds, assists, threes made, and more. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePix.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. It has been great talking extensively about the Cotton Bowl. On today's episode, we're going to continue to do so on every episode leading up to the big game on New Year's Eve, Friday, December 31st in Dallas, winner advancing to the national championship game on Monday night, January 10th at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. One more thing. You know, I've watched Alabama play against average teams in the SEC like Tennessee, LSU, Arkansas, Auburn. Arkansas may be above average, but still teams that aren't at Alabama's caliber. And Alabama has looked very vulnerable at times in those matchups. Like the Iron Bowl, Alabama had just three points through 59 plus minutes. Bryce Young, a freshman quarterback, for as great as he is, he had to lead them 97 yards for the game-tying touchdown without Jamison Williams, who was ejected earlier in that game. Alabama has been on the ropes several times this season, and for as great as they looked against Georgia, is that just a one-game anomaly because of the rat poison they were given? Maybe. But if you're thinking UC can't compete with Alabama just because of the name... Look at Alabama, watch some of the games they've played this season, and you'll come away thinking UC can absolutely compete with Alabama. All right, Tuesday Top 10. We're going to start that this week, and we're going to start this week with the Top 10 moments from what has been a historic Bearcats season. And we knew it could be historic coming into this season with what happened in 2020, with Desmond Ritter, Kobe Bryant, MyJ Sanders, all those guys coming back, a preseason top 10 ranking, and the possibility of a berth in the college football playoff, which became a reality. Here we go. I'm going to start at number 10 so you can stick around and anxiously await to find out what my number one moment is this season. Number 10, Desmond Ritter. Speaking of him, setting multiple school and conference records. Desmond Ritter is now the school record holder at Cincinnati for passing touchdowns and passing yards. He's also the American Athletic Conference record holder for passing yards and touchdowns responsible for. Desmond Ritter is also one of the winningest quarterbacks in the history of college football. Over 40 wins to his resume. 
Number nine, the play dubbed by Bearcats radio color analyst Jim Kelly, the Chili Special. It was Desmond Ritter took the snap, handed it off to Jerome Ford. Ford pitched it back to wide receiver Jordan Jones, who threw it to Desmond Ritter on the right side of the end zone. The Bearcats scoring a touchdown against SMU early in the second half. The route was already on, just added some trickery to it. The Chili Special, Bearcats route SMU in that game 48-14. Number eight. Head coach Luke Fickle doing pull-ups in the visitors' locker room at East Carolina following the Bearcats' regular season finale win to get to 12-0. It's not the first time he's done that at ECU, but you see the the joy he's having coaching this team and the fun he's having coaching this team. It all showed up in that moment in the locker room after the game. Number seven, two goal line stands against Tulsa with the Bearcats clinging to an eight-point lead. Potentially. The Bearcats' college football playoff berth was decided by those two goal line stands. Tulsa twice had opportunities to tie the game or score a touchdown and get a two-point conversion and tie the game down eight. The Bearcats came away with two goal line stands, one of which came after a fumble following the first goal line stand. Nerve-wracking game, but Cincinnati held on. Number six. This is one of my favorite moments this season. It might be my favorite moment because it showed the... Growth and culmination of Desmond Ritter with him walking out on senior day with his daughter, Layton, who was born earlier this year. Desmond Ritter comes in, this scrawny freshman kid who had this swagger to him, but he just, through four years, underwent immense maturity. He's now a part of the coaching staff and their game planning every week. He interned with the coaching staff as well, and for him to walk out as this this young man as a father with his daughter on senior day was an absolutely heartwarming moment for all of Bearcats Nation. One of the most beloved players to ever come through the football program and maybe UC Athletics as a whole. That's my number six moment. Number five, when the Bearcats first cracked the top four before the game at East Carolina because we all knew the college football playoff committees view of Cincinnati even though they had a win in Notre Dame they started out at number six and many Bearcats fans were upset but a historic moment for Cincinnati and the group of five to have a team crack the top four of the college football playoff rankings and it showed that all the Bearcats had to do was keep winning and the committee was going to honor that and respect that by putting them in the top four number four making the four-team playoff a historic moment, one that Cincinnati fans will never forget. And you talk about, I talk about this matchup with Alabama being 12 years in the making, Selection Sunday, which now has more than just a basketball meaning in Cincinnati. Selection Sunday was on December 5th of this year, 12 years to the day of Pike to Bins. How about that? Number three, college game day coming to Clifton. What a scene that was. You saw on that day, there's a great panoramic view from above McMicken Hall. It it was unbelievable. The College of Arts and Sciences building, it was unbelievable the amount of fans that showed up, how long or how early they were there prior to the start of college game day, I think at 5, 5.30 a.m. And just the passion that this school has for a football program that has been talked about. Mo Egger talks about this 
those who have been around him long enough know that 30 years ago, lost to Penn State 81 to nothing. There was talk about folding the program. Now college game day's been to Cincinnati, and the Bearcats are now going to the college football playoff to get ESPN's marquee pregame show, a show that millions of fans watch and attend. Coming to Clifton was phenomenal to be a part of and watch on TV. Lee Corso putting the Bearcats headgear on, a moment Bearcats fans will never forget. Number two, when Bearcat Nation took over Notre Dame Stadium and chanted, let's go Bearcats after the game. Notre Dame's a historic, Notre Dame Stadium is a historic venue. Notre Dame's a historic campus. And for Bearcat Nation, I, I would say there was well over 25% of capacity being Bearcats fans that day. For them to take over that stadium, that venue, and chant Let's Go Bearcats in the concourses after the game, that's a moment that's forever etched in me and forever etched in those who were at the game as part of Bearcat Nation who made the trip up. It was a historic day and a historic moment for Cincinnati. But number one, and I was on the field for this, when everybody in the stands took their phones out at the very end of the AAC championship game, turned their flashlights on, fans chanting CFP, knowing the inevitable was inevitable, just a chilling moment, you know, it made you feel proud to be a part of a historic season, something special that took place that day, and the culmination of four years and what Luke Fickle has done in building this program from the ground up, from the irrelevancy of college football up to now, part of the exclusive four-team playoff that is the college football playoff. So there you have it, my top 10 moments from this season. Going back, number 10, Desmond Ritter setting school and conference records. Number 9, the chilly special play from the SMU game. Number 8, Luke Fickle doing pull-ups in the Visitors locker room in East Carolina following the Bearcats' 12th straight win of the season. Number 7, two goal line stands versus Tulsa preserving the 28-20 win. Number 6, Desmond Ritter walking out with his daughter on senior day. Number 5, cracking the top 4 of the college football playoff for the first time, the rankings for the first time. Number 4, making the college football playoff on Selection Sunday. Number 3, college game day. Number 2, taking over Notre Dame Stadium with Let's Go Bearcats, the chant. Let's go, Bearcats. And number one, the end of the conference championship game at Nipper Stadium. Fans taking their phones out, lighting up their flashlights, and chanting CFP. And, of course, rushing the field and singing We Are the Champions on the field. That was also a great moment. I should have put that in there when I originally said what my number one moment was, but still, you get the point. That was just phenomenal to be a part of, be on the field, witness it from you know, in the concourse and just seeing the, the whole field covered with fans, or I shouldn't say covered with fans, the whole field just populated by fans, it was phenomenal to see and be a part of as a UC fan and a UC alum. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Tomorrow, I have another crossover. I'm going down to Tuscaloosa, and I'm going to talk to WVUA reporter Whitney Leibold. She's going to talk about Alabama, the team they have this year, where it stacks up with Nick Saban, Alabama teams of the past, the impact John Mechie's absence can have on the Cotton Bowl, and her thoughts on Cincinnati as well. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty. That's two N's, N-N-A-T-I. I'm on Instagram as well, AlexFrank9 underscore. You can email me, 
Alex3Frank, all lowercase, at gmail.com. And thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now stay tuned for your second listen of the day. Make Locked On Bets your second listen, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. Until tomorrow, have a Bearcat day.